Coach Tori, and this is Raising Runners. Today, I want to talk about child prodigy in sports. Um, Also, you know, less specific, I guess. I want to talk about kids specializing in their sport at a really young age, um, and then how that obviously can relate to burnout and other negative effects on kids. Um, This, I feel like, is important and topical because there's so often you're going to see a kid that as soon as they pick up a baseball bat or as soon as they pick up a basketball or golf clubs, whatever it is, they're amazing at it. They just have this natural talent. They have these skills. And us as parents and coaches, we really want to help them build on those skills and learn more and be as amazing as they possibly can. Um, And just kind of how we can better navigate that than just continuing to push and push and push um, in that one specific sport. start off talking about child prodigies in running and sports, I guess, in general, I guess we should define what a child prodigy is. So it's defined in psychological research literature as a person under the age of 10 who produces meaningful output in some domain to the level of an adult expert. The term is also applied more broadly to young persons who are extraordinarily, extraordinarily talented in some field. So we're talking about sports and running. So obviously it's gonna be kids who are standouts in their sport. Uh, I don't think we need to define it as the kids who can run at the same level as an Olympic adult athlete, um, but just kids who really are standouts, who are kind of amazing, who are out of the league that they're currently in is really what I think we're talking about today when we're talking about child prodigies. Uh, I'm sure anybody who's familiar with running can come up with a few thoughts on kids in history who have been considered prodigies. Um, Even more recently, uh, Mary Kane comes to mind, and I think some people did define her as a child prodigy for running. She was incredibly fast as a young person, and then anyone who followed her story knows that a lot happened to her at the hands of a coach, and, and it really was the downfall to her running career. Um, Again, there could be any number of other factors in that, but I'm sure we'll talk about Mary Kane in another one. Um, Other child prodigies that come to mind uh, when talking about running is Budhia Singh. If I'm getting that name wrong, I'm really sorry. He was the four-year-old that was already running, I think it was 65-kilometer races. Um, Incredible runner. There is a movie, I believe, on him, Born to Run. Um, Maybe we'll watch that sometime and review it as well. Uh, But yeah, so those are just the ones that I can think of at the moment. If you Google it, you know, a number of child prodigies in running and sports uh, will come up. But that is who we are talking about today when we're talking about child prodigies. And to talk about burnout, we need to define that as well. So again, burnout can be applied to a lot of different things. I think we hear it a lot um, as parents, you know, parenting burnout, you can hear it a lot in the workplace, you know, I'm burnt out from my work, Um, compassion fatigue, any of those kinds of things are pretty familiar. I know that I have said youth sport burnout a million times since starting recording for this podcast. So that's really what we're referring to today. So anytime I'm talking about burnout, that's what I'm talking about. So burnout is a negative psychological and physical state in which young athletes feel tired, less able to perform well, and less interested in playing their sport. 
Um, and then there's different categories of those symptoms. So I'm going to go through those as well. Um, but I'd like everyone to recognize that I'm not just talking about, you know, being bummed after a bad game or being tired after a hard practice or not feeling super motivated to play your sport or to work out or to do anything extra. Um, I think it's pretty common for kids not to want to do practice. Practice isn't always that fun. Um, it's also common for them to be tired after doing some physical exertion or, you know, kids who are in a competitive league, if they're doing a tournament or something for that weekend, them being tired after it doesn't necessarily mean that they're quote burnt out. Um, or even them saying like, I, you know, I don't like this anymore. Not saying we're not taking them seriously, but you know, they can have those momentary feelings that don't have to mean that it is an ongoing thing and it is burnout. So some of the symptoms would be physical and emotional exhaustion. Um, like I just was saying, it can be common when you're training to be tired, um, but really it's the depletion of emotional and physical resources beyond the typical tiredness. Um, things you could notice that start to go outside of just the sport, so being too tired to go outside, um, to being too tired to do anything that's not really their sport, just being emotionally drained in general. Um, and then of course, asking or wanting to take a break from their sport and then reduced sport accomplishment. I kind of caution this one because I think that kids, especially like we're talking about today, child prodigies or um, kids who are just extremely gifted. It might be hard to recognize their reduced accomplishment, right? Like they may still be winning every race or, scoring the most goals on our team or breaking whatever record. Um, but oftentimes when you see burnout, you are seeing lack of the success or even just inconsistent performances. Um, and it talks about how the perception of their playing potential. So again, we can't just think like, oh, they're the worst one on the team. They must be burnt out. Um, they can still be the best. They can still be putting up amazing numbers um, and still not be performing the way that they need to be or could be if they weren't in this negative headspace. Um, and also like lack of improvement or plateauing outside of like what a normal um, plateau would be. Because again, anytime you're learning or growing, you know, you do have those moments where you do hit a plateau. Um, so anything outside of that. And then devaluation of the sport, um, that would be the kid not caring about the sport, saying things like, I'm sick of doing this. I don't care about playing anymore. It's not fun anymore. Um, or even just like questioning why they do this in general. Um, so those are really things when you're talking about youth sport burnout, uh, that's what's defining it. Um, and actually looking at the research and this always surprised me because I think when I first started reading about youth sport burnout, I was seeing bigger numbers and was like, you know, how prevalent it is. It's everywhere. How are we not doing anything about this? Um, and not to get me wrong, I still think it's important and it's definitely something that we as coaches can do to help just the overall mental health of the youth growing up currently. Um, but research really has identified a small percentage of adolescent athletes who've experienced severe burnout and make sure you're paying attention to severe burnout. And that's really like one to 2% is what they're having um, here from their research. I believe it was surveys. Um, Majority of youth, yes, it is surveyed. So the majority of the youth athletes that were surveyed do admit to experiencing some low to moderate levels of burnout. So now we're talking majority, right? So these numbers are more alarming. Um, 
low to, to moderate could be any spectrum of burnout. We don't, I personally don't think we need to get to a severe level to feel like we need to step in and do something about it. And other things that were reported in these surveys were the level of burnout is increasing in ages seven to 17. So then looking at those factors, and again, we'll probably delve deeper into this in another podcast because I just constantly am talking about youth sport burnout. Um, But some of these things, and this is going to lead into um, the specialization in sports, but those overload factors, um, and that is really, you know, the overstressed, the overdemand, really trying to get too much overtraining, any of those over things that we're doing too much for, or we're asking too much of our athletes. Um, The social climate, again, um, what is it like for the kids on the team? Is it a positive experience? Is the coach a positive influence on them? Do they enjoy the people that they're around? Um, So those things can be other factors. Um, Also just their parents. Again, um, any negative coaching or negative parenting behaviors associated with the sport can really change the child's perception of that as well. Personality traits of the individual. Um, So again, it doesn't necessarily have to be something the coach or the parent or the team or anything is really doing. Um, But you also have to look at who that child is and looking at them on an individualized level because someone who is such a perfectionist or something like that, they may be more at risk for burnout because they are putting that pressure on themselves. They are expecting too much. They are probably putting all those overdo, overtrain, overthink into the sport that no one else is actually externally putting on them. So we have to really help them work with themselves on how they can better manage that. And then, yeah, and then we can talk about strategies, but we'll do that at another time because that is not necessarily what we are talking about today. Um, So I think this blends perfectly into talking about specialization in sports, and we will get into that next. A lot of this info today is coming from an article from very well family and it's called sports specialization and the risk for injury and burnout. Uh, Obviously that's very topical to what we were talking about. So I felt like this was a good article to get into. Um, Just thinking first why people are actually, let me back up a little bit. So um, a lot of this information came from the American Academy of Pediatrics. Um, So they combined with pediatric um, pediatricians, um, coaches, orthopedic surgeons, orthopedic specialists, um, and all those individuals who had the expert knowledge on, you know, age that child should be specializing in sports, um, and those injuries and other risk factors as well. So this isn't just my opinion necessarily, but I will obviously throw that in there. So then why are kids specializing too early? Biggest thing is pressures from coaches, club directors, and parents, Um, whether you're seeing the talent in the individual or, you know, you really, really, really want them to play baseball because you played baseball or you really, really want them to play baseball because they need to get a scholarship for school or any of those things. So it's really those pressures. It's not usually, well, I should say, it's not always the young person just saying, I only want to do soccer. I don't want to do any other sport. Um, Definitely the case sometimes, but Really, it often is those external factors that are, you know, bringing them in um, to having the opportunity to only specialize in one sport. 
so it mentions that youth sport culture has changed over the last few years. I definitely think I can attest to that. Um, you know, not a few years ago, but a number of years ago when I was a young athlete. Um, no, of course, we didn't talk about burnout. We also didn't really talk about mental health that much, but I didn't always see everyone everyone being overscheduled, um, kids doing multiple sports a season, um, being on multiple teams, you know, during the year, um, at the same time, um, having every day after school packed with some kind of after school activity. Um, and also, you know, that there's more travel teams, there's more competitive leagues. Everyone I know is really trying to get into some competitive space for their child. Um, so that I think has changed and maybe it's just changed for me because we just didn't grow up that way. Um, but it sounds like it is, you know, there's more of a pressure now to have those high level sports at a young age and there's the availability, right? I mean, we have sports for three-year-olds, we have competitive teams at such a young age, you know, um, I know when I was in middle school, we only had a few sports you were able to play through the school and they I don't believe they had meets or games or competitions or anything. Uh, you know, it was just intramural. You were trying to figure it out. You were learning how to play the sport. So by the time you were 14 or 15 in high school, then you started to get more competitive into it. Now I think they have much more competitive sports at a younger age, you know, even through schools. Um, and we have those, you know, junior Olympics and all those other things as well. And with that, um, so obviously, uh, what does sports specialization mean for a young athlete? I think it, the name is pretty obvious, participating in only one sport, playing that sport for more than eight months out of the year, and quitting other sports to focus on just one. So earlier I had mentioned like kids being overbooked on multiple different sports. Yes, that's true. But when we're talking about sports specialization, that could be, you know, having the same team practice multiple nights a week and games all, you know, all weekend um, and doing that for over eight months out of the year. So, I mean, anybody who watches pro sports, they know that those people are practicing all the time, but they're also not competitive all the time. Um, you know, they're not doing most sports. Again, I'm not a sports person. I'm just a runner, but you know, they're not doing they're not having games all year round. It's usually for a season. Um, you know, as we get into high school sports, as we get into college sports, you know, you're running for a season. And yes, you could argue that you run all year round because you have cross country, indoor, outdoor. Um, but you are changing it a little bit, right? So the risks associated, I think we can obviously um, understand that that could be detrimental. And we just talked about burnout and what that can look like. So this is now mentioning kids who specialize too soon are at risk for physical, emotional, and social problems that they are referring to. Burnout. Um, too much time playing sports can leave them isolated from their peers. Again, I think some people could be like, what do you mean? Because they're on a team. Right. Almost always they're going to be on a team, but they are isolated from the other peers that they're choosing. Um just like how we can't force kids to have to be friends with certain people, you know, if that's not their social circle, then that's not their social circle. So that really could make them feel isolated that they aren't able to do other things with other kids or they're not able to have Friday sleepovers because they have games every weekend. So just something to think about that way. Um, and then overuse injury. I think this also makes total sense. Um, even as us as adults, I think we're constantly battling injuries with 
whatever sport we're still doing or just working out in general. Um, but really having these kids specialize in certain sports, we really are exposing them and leaving them vulnerable to having some kind of overuse injury. I know one thing we do for run club is every day when we're doing our cool down, the kids will do some exercises to help strengthen their feet, their ankles, uh, their calves, so that we can avoid shin splints. Because I know that shin splints is one of the biggest ailments that's going to come on, especially new runners or runners who are upping their mileage. Um, so trying to avoid that because not that I'm saying they're overusing their legs or anything at all, but you know, they're doing more than they used to be doing. So I really want to give them some kind of cushion. So we don't have, you know, okay, you just started running. Maybe you just started thinking it's fun. Now you have shin splints and you hate it. So, you know, there are ways to combat that, but I mean, to no extent am I saying the kids are overworked and if they were, I don't think I'd be able to combat their shin splints or their stress fractures or any other kind of ailment that they have. Um, so there is a study in here talking about increased risk of injury when this is talking about high school athletes trained more than 16 hours a week. It also talked about kids who specialize in sports are more likely to experience um, injury than those who don't. Um, and then, of course, it talks about leading to burnout. So what can parents or coaches do? Obviously not sign your kid up for only one sport forever, right? That's pretty obvious. Um, here it's recommended that waiting until they're about 15 or 16 to really start specializing in a sport. So again, giving them opportunities to do other things or giving them those breaks. So even if they only want to do tennis, they don't want to do anything else, but maybe they do tennis for the spring season and the summer season, but they don't do tennis in the winter. They don't do tennis in the fall. Maybe they do pickleball or something similar. Maybe they don't do anything at all. Um, just thinking of those kinds of things as well. Like they don't have to do spring is tennis, summer is swimming, fall is soccer. You know, it doesn't have to be that necessarily. But now here's another recommendation is allowing them to play a variety of sports. Um, obviously that's great. If you can make it work, I know that's a lot to juggle. Um, you know, do what you can with that or just like I said, giving them breaks instead or exposing them to all different sports when they're really young, when, you know, there are different kinds of programs that have, like we know, um, it's like United Sports Training Center has different programs where you can, you know, their little kids will sign up and they can do a couple weeks of football, a couple weeks of soccer, a couple weeks of basketball. So it's one thing that you have to keep sending your kid to, but they are trying a bunch of different things. So looking for those kinds of things can be helpful as well. And then delaying specialization, like I had said earlier, waiting until they're 15 or 16 before they specialize in a sport, um, encouraging time off, kind of already mentioned that, scheduling downtime, also kind of mentioned that too. That kind of goes with encouraging time off. Um, and then just looking at the motivation. Um, and again, I don't want to talk too much about that because I think anybody could have any motivation for anything. Um which is such a vague thing to say, but um, there could be a number of reasons why your child is specializing in a sport, whether it's you need them to, you want them to, they want to. I mean, obvious ones would be trying to get college scholarships, trying to get scouted for a professional team. It could be, you know, they love it. So you want to encourage that. So, you know, you inadvertently are doing some harm because you're like, but they love, love, love to run. So I want them to run all year round because it keeps them happy. So, 
yeah, there could be any kind of motivation um, with that. But the point is really just getting all the information of how you can help them still foster those skills, still, um, you know, really help them flourish in their sport and decide which ones they like the most, but also helping them keep a balance because kids aren't always going to be great at regulating themselves until they're at a point where they're like, why do I hate doing this? Right. Um, let's see. Oh, and then here's a guideline that they have on here is use your child's age as a guideline. So they should spend fewer hours a week than their age in years playing or training a single sport. So just thinking in general for our youngest, not our youngest run club, but our regular run club, which is six to 13 for those youngest kids, they should be doing five hours of training maximum for running. Um, and the way run club is designed, they're usually only doing two a week unless they come to one of our voluntary group runs and that's less than an hour too. So they're usually around three hours a week at the most with running unless they're doing running on their own as well. Um, so again, me as a coach, I can help manage that by not having, you know, practices every day of the week or even every other day of the week, because I really don't want them to be at that point of overtraining. Um, and that's kind of it. Again, the biggest takeaway is trying to avoid specialization too early, really having um, options for them to do different things incorporating more play time and less practice time necessarily. And then um, really trying to avoid that trap of unsafe sports practice. So you don't have to be on the travel team year round. You don't have to compete year round. You are allowed to have rest days. And again, that can be so hard. And I'm not just talking to parents, obviously now I'm talking to coaches and club directors and different people who have those the power to make that happen. So, right, you want your kid to be on a travel team, but the commitment is eight months out of the year. So how do you manage that, right? So we, as people who are structuring youth sports, we also need to be mindful of that and make it something that is safe for the kids and it doesn't force the parents to put them in a situation that they don't, they shouldn't be in. Um, so really that's all I have on specialization. found an interesting article from the Institute for the Study of Youth Sports. So that feels pretty relevant and it talks about the myth of youth talent development. So pretty much everything we've kind of discussed in this episode already. And the first myth, it says that athletic talent can be accurately predicted in youth. And it says it's very difficult actually to predict success for elite athletes from their performance as a child and youth. And I think even though there's these examples like Kobe Bryant, who said he was going to play basketball at the age of three, or Tiger Woods, who started golfing at the age of two, or I think Sean White had a sponsorship by the age of seven. I mean, those people obviously are not the examples I'm talking about, because the examples I'd be talking about, nobody would know. There's kids who put up amazing times as children runners or, you know, are standouts on their youth soccer league, and then they never come to be anything. So um, it doesn't necessarily predict athletic performance later. And then the other myth is more is always better. And we kind of talked about that too. Um, and it kind of mentions here that it takes 10 years or 10,000 hours of practice to develop expertise in any field, including sport. That doesn't necessarily mean that we need it to be right away, right? They don't need 10,000 hours as soon as they're born, as soon as they can walk, as soon as they can hold, you know, a bat or a golf club, right? It needs to be developed over time and at an appropriate developmental stage for their brains. 
Um, myth three, early single sports specialization is essential. Again, we talked about this, um, but this article actually says that waiting until they're 14 to 15, so it's just a little different from the one I just talked about, which was 15 to 16, but again, still around the same time. Myth four, you cannot have fun if you're going to be good, which we also know not to be true. I think in everything I've talked about before when talking about our run club empowerment lessons, you know, talking about making it games-based, making it fun, and that really being the goal for run club is you're moving, you're having fun, you're running, you're having fun. What you're doing is fun. It can be hard, but you still had a good time. And then the last myth is talented individuals need different entry programs and coaching approaches than the less talented counterparts. And again, this is one of the traps that we can fall into as parents or coaches of we see someone who has this incredible talent. We see someone who we know that we can turn them into an amazing whatever player, right? So they need to have something different. They need private coaching. They need more practice. They need more of this. And you know, this is saying that that's not necessarily true, right? Like they can be on their regular soccer team. They can be on their regular running club. They can just play tag in gym class. Um, we really need to help them develop those skills, but we don't need to start pushing them, specializing them, any of those things um, to make them good athletes. So that was just, I thought, another interesting article um, on the myth of youth talent development. So that was our discussion on child prodigies, youth sport burnout, specialization in sports, and the myths with um, talent development. Again, it was just a little touch on all those things. There's more to talk about for sure. I'm sure at some point later we'll talk about specific child prodigies in running. We'll talk more about how to combat youth sport burnout. We'll talk more about, you know, even sports specialization. So there's more to talk about all these things always. Um, but I'm glad you tuned in. Hopefully you found some of that helpful. If you have any questions or comments or concerns or ideas, please reach out to us at Meriki Run Club at gmail.com.